Thank you, Father. We bless your name, Lord. We glorify your name. Yes. All right. I want to welcome you this morning once again to another live session of the Potter's Gate online broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintala. This is the day the Lord has made. We will always rejoice and be glad in it. This morning, we are going to continue to track um, an important subject we've been looking at for the past uh, few three days now. Yes, on conscience, spirituality, and, and biblical standard. And I think this... Uh, um, message is a message that has come in such a crucial time that we need to look inward and continue to understand what the spirit of the lord is is saying to us sharing with us in terms of being awakened into the reality of god's divine plan and intention for this new day of course this uh, teaching comes at the backdrop of uh the series that we've been doing on soul food <clears throat> excuse me just as I was planning, you know, to, you know, kind of wrap up, you know, the, the, the series we've done for, for a while. You know, I felt the Spirit of the Lord, you know, you know reemphasize this uh, concept of dealing with conscience. That if we don't deal with that aspect, it's like the whole message itself will not be, you know, complete. So I believe that um, this few series that we, we, you know, we've delved into kind of you know give us you know a deeper and a clearer uh, you know scope into the areas of you know our soul life because we, we we're dealing with the issues that you know that 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 reflects our spirituality in terms of expression in terms of how we live life how we communicate how we interact okay we we, we said in time past that all right we live in a day where the whole idea of spirituality, particularly biblical spirituality, has been segregated, has been almost like divided, yes, into various, you know, you know, uh, um, sector to the point where we are no longer living what what you would define as a holistic, a well-integrated life. And I think if there's anything the Spirit of the Lord will have us understand, particularly in this season where the emphasis of the lord is the salvation of the spirit excuse me the salvation of the soul is to be able to you know connect and you know uh, uh, if you will honest all the faculties of our spirit of our soul and bring them into that one order of life that is submitted unto god so that the thoughts amen our imagination our desire our you know our, you know our focus everything that that defines you know our spiritual and mental faculty or are, are all established within the parameters of god's divine standard from there we can then begin to talk about we moving into greater things in the father all right because if we have yes and in an understanding of what god is saying or what god is doing or what you know the scripture requires of us but then we have not come into a point of agreement in terms of how we look at life, how we see things, how we communicate, how we relate. A lot of people understand what the scripture, okay, let me not say understand. A lot of people at least have a, that understanding, <laughs> excuse me, they have that knowledge of what the spirit of God, amen, requires of them. It's like they have, you know, that, you know, uh, basic, you know, knowledge of the values, the standards of God. But then to apply it, like Paul said in, in, in Romans 7. To apply it is where the challenge is. Now that is a point. That is a place where we want to really bridge. We want to be able to come into that arena and say, okay, what do I need to know? What do I need to, you know, to 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 do? What do I need to understand in terms of 
you know the the environment of my faculty the environment of my soul life all right the, the, my thought pattern my imagination all right the concept of how i ex how i live my life how i interact or right? how i behave how i you know my attitude how do i how do i bring all that into the scope of my spirituality so that I'm not a divided person. I'm not. I'm not living my life in duality. I want. I want my life, amen. To you know, to be single. I want my eyes to be single. I want to be able to focus in that dimension of existence that brings you know pleasure to God. That you know, like David said, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart are accepted in your sight. So those are some of the things that we have been looking into for a while now, and I felt in my heart strongly that. This area of conscience that we've dealt with, what a time we had yesterday, what a time, you know, short time of, uh, uh, of teaching, and then we spent some time just praying, you know, that, that was just something that came by, you know, by the, by the leading of the Spirit, it wasn't something I prepared or I planned. But I thank God that we we're able to pray yesterday, uh, and and I just you know give glory and praise. All right, that the Spirit of the Lord will continue to guide and lead us. All right, so we want to continue to examine this concept. All right, and uh, there are two things, a uh, few things that I would like to share with us again this morning, as we believe the Lord to also lead us to pray. Now, one one of the things or one of the reason why we are doing this in terms of you know. Uh, uh, this kind of message is to be able to create into in, into the spiritual atmosphere of our of our nation, or right? that understanding, that reality, that you know sense of you know a, a, an awakening where people can begin to understand what is required, what is demanded of them, and begin to align their life, all right, in that order of spirituality, all right. So we don't live our life in some you know a spiritual assumption. And my people perish for lack of knowledge. No, we don't want to. We 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 we, we should we should by now be moving away from that concept, amen, of of allowing the enemy to take advantage of us because we lack an understanding of what the spirit of God is doing. We want to have an holistic, amen, understanding of what is demanded of us, amen. We want to be able to pray effectively, but but not just to pray effectively we want to be able to think you know you know accurately we want to be able to understand how god sees life and how he wants us to live our life within every sector of human existence we want to have that understanding so that we don't live in a day where our life is being measured and determined by you know environment by you know some uh, religious or traditional or humanistic belief system we want to elevate we want to raise the bar the standard of god's word so that when we say amen we are engaging life amen we engage that life with a with with a, with a sound biblical you know uh, in a value system we engage life with a sound amen biblical value standard we engage amen relationship you know uh, situations circumstance you know challenges amen with that understanding of what the scripture says and how to apply the scripture within amen, the scope of this area. I think that is something that is missing today. At least when I look at the church, when I look at uh, particularly, you know, I've been sharing on, you know, this idea of what is going on, you know, with Kaya West and, you know, the, the many likes of, you know, of, of the Kaya West of this world. You know, it, that's a that's 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 God speaking to us. That's God saying, church, look, just just look at how far you have come in terms of understanding you know, my values, my standards, you know, when it comes to, you know, spirituality, biblical truth, value standard. So, so I, I hope and I pray that we will begin to think beyond just, you know, Christianity and begin to see, amen, the values of, of, of biblical truth 
Because when we say Christianity, Christianity means so many things to many people. All right, it all depends on you know how you grow up, the environment of you know your spiritual understanding. All right, who 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 imparted your life? Amen. You know the kind of exposure you 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 have in life. It's just like you know people have different understanding about life depending on the you know the region or the you know the nation they they come from. You understand? Now we cannot, as as believers, as followers of Christ, we cannot live our life, amen. You know, benchmarked by just one, you know, point of view. We've got to be able to see life, see our life, amen. See society, amen. From that, you know, spiritual, you know, kingdom view and values. It's from there that we can really represent God and represent his intention. So we're not benchmarked by, you know, an ideology, a religious ideology. You know, how people define Christianity in America is different from, you know, how people maybe in, 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 in China or in the Far East, amen, or even in Africa to a certain level would define Christianity. All right? So we have to raise the bar and, and, and begin to allow ourselves, amen, to see from that, you know, view lens of what is called the kingdom. And therefore, we need to deal with all this aspect of life so that when we say, indeed, we are Christians, we are followers of Christ, we are truly representing Christ, that our, our understanding of Christianity is not benchmark, is not limited, is not, is not capped all right, by a region, by a belief system, by some theological you know, uh, uh, um, understanding, that we have a clear, broad you know, insight into the demand of God, the ways of God, so that our life, amen, is lived from that spiritual integrated you know, a value standard. And that is to me something that is very important, particularly in the in the in, in, in the reality of what the Spirit of God amen, is saying. If we're gonna go on with the Lord, if we're gonna be a church that will rep <clears throat> excuse me, that will represent the, the Father and His intentions and his kingdom that is coming in this day, then we have to look into our spirituality again. We have to look into our understanding. We have to begin to ask ourselves some very critical you know questions amen what do i believe i was thinking about this this morning you know you know a lot of people really do not understand what the gospel is what the gospel means and paul you know was in fact explaining this in according to you know romans chapter one you know chapter two he was explaining what the gospel because here's a society back then and this is part of what i want to talk about you know the roman society back then was you know was was a was a godless you know you know a society was in you know a society that reject that refused to believe in the things of god now what kind of a gospel what kind of a message are you going to bring to this society all right, and, and this is what we saw, amen, in, in, in the book of Romans, particularly Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, and then chapter 3, all right, before he began to deal with the issue of, you know, the, you know, the, the Jewish religion and tradition. So you see, you see Paul dealing with two societies, two value systems. One he was dealing with the Gentile mindset. All right. And then he went further dealing with, you know, the traditional Jewish mindset about the things of the spirit. And I think that is something the spirit of the Lord is saying to us or else we're going to find ourselves misrepresenting God in the day of his move, in the day of his speaking. Because amen, the mindset we have, amen, is still based, is still benchmarked by amen, where we came from. Isn't that what happened to, you know, you know, to, to you know, to Apostle Peter when, when God said he had, the Bible says he was hungry, so he went to the rooftop to pray all right and he, he fell into a trance he saw four sheets being laid down from heaven the lord said kill and eat <laughs> peter said no god i'm not going to do this nothing unclean has ever touched my lips and the lord said to him you do not dare to call what i have cleansed unclean 
Now, Peter didn't understand. He wasn't tracking with God. He wasn't tracking with the heart of God. All right. And, and these are some of the things that, you know, we're dealing with today. There's so many things are happening. All right. And because we're not tracking with the spirit of God, because we are not following, we're not, we're not understanding where God is in his agenda, in his plan, in his purpose. Amen. And because we don't know, amen, to the degree of how the enemy has infiltrated our, you know, our community, our society, our nation, you know, the church. All right. So we find ourselves even embracing some of the things that they you know that you know that the enemy is offering us in the name of Jesus Christ so we don't want to be deceived we, we want to have a clear understanding we want to have insight we want to be like the cherubims yes who have sight all around we want to be able to move you know as the Spirit of God leads us on all dimension yet maintaining the path not, not breaking ranks amen not looking at things and judging things based on how we used to see them not looking at things, amen, and judging them based on how we feel about them. Not looking at situation or circumstance and people, amen, and, 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 and judging them based on how we understand things. That's why the Bible says we need to have the mind of Christ. So this concept that we're dealing with, particularly in the area of, you know, conscience, I think is something that is important, all right? Society have lost their conscience. Unfortunately, the church too is losing, amen, a conscience. We have to, God gave us a conscience like we've been talking about, amen, for the past few days. You know, God gave us a conscience. This conscience is there not just to police us, but to dare to, is there to remind us, to, you know, to inform us, amen, to, to, to define to us what is right from what is wrong. All right. Thank you so much, Bao, for connecting this morning. It's nice. It's nice having you. All right. It's important that we develop, amen, an understanding that the, the, the conscience that God has given to us, amen, is to help us to be able to identify what is wrong from what is right. And like we've said before, that it's not just enough to have a conscience. We've got to have, amen, a conscience that is alive. All right. One of the plans of the enemy today, amen, is to basically kill, deaden, amen, neutralize, amen, the voice of our conscience. Now, you may ask me, why, why are you not talking about the Holy Spirit? Why are you talking about conscience? Well, the Holy Spirit uses our conscience, all right, to speak to us, to minister to us. But in a situation where people have not received the Holy Spirit, we, because we find a situation, all right, under the Old Testament, and particularly even in our day, there are still people who have not really, you know, uh, uh, come to know the Lord. They, they don't have a relationship with the Lord. But guess what? That doesn't mean that they can, they can do whatever they want to do. No, their conscience is still there, excusing them, amen, or informing them of what is right and wrong. So we've got to understand these dynamics, all right? And that's why, you know, the, you know, Paul began to say in the book of Romans that, all right, those who know the law will be judged by the law. And those who do not have the law will still be judged, have not having the law why would they be judged not having the law because the law of god amen is written in their in their heart there is there is something that is called a universal law a universal law amen is 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 is, is the is the counsel of god is the will of god is the moral you know a value standard of god inscribed amen upon the heart of every human that is born now, that is something that, you know, the enemy is fighting to kill in our day. Therefore, you see the kind of laws that are being passed today. You see the kind of, you know, policies that are being passed today, particularly by government, society, nations, or all that are, are targeted towards destroying, towards deadening the conscience. And this is what we saw in the book of Romans. At, at this point in time, you know, in Romans chapter 1, you see Paul began to deal with this. 
you know, many people are living their life without, amen, in a, a knowledge of God's word, the standard of truth. They're living their life doing what they want to do. They're living their life based on the law, amen, of the emperor, doing all kinds of things, worshiping man, you know, worshiping all kinds of things, you know, living their life the way they want to live it. Yet Paul comes, all right, began to raise the standard and say, hey, even if, 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 even if you think you want to live your life, amen, as an atheist and as an unbeliever, guess what? God is still going to judge you because as, as long as you're a human being, there are, there are certain codes, there are certain reality, there are certain, you know, if you will, chips, you know, spiritual chips that, that God has imprinted within every man. There are codes God has placed in us that allow us to know what is right from what is wrong. And that's a powerful thing in the days of the end that we need to remind ourselves. Because these are days where people are saying, no, anything about God, we don't want to hear. We don't want to know. We don't, we don't want to subscribe to, you know, we're not Christians. You don't have to be a Christian, hallelujah, you know, to, to, to know God and to understand the things of God. Because Jesus did not just come to give us a religion, amen. He came to in inspire us, amen, and reconnect us back, amen, to our first estate in the Father. To, to, our, to our first estate. So those who are even saying, who claim to be Christians today, if their life, like, like Paul was saying to the Jew, if you claim you've got the law, but you're not doing things, amen, that defines the values and the standard of the law, you will be judged. And if unbelievers, Gentiles, or right, who do not have the law, all right, are doing things that are, that are inscribed in the law, it says, are they no more righteous than you? So God will have to awaken our conscience. These are days where we, 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 we see, we see what is wrong and we just like walk away. We don't bother, you know, our heart is no longer pricked. You know, there's no conviction. There is no conviction again in our heart. We live our life as if, well, life is all about me. No, life is not about us. Life is about a higher order, a higher law. Amen. Life is about pleasing God. It's, it's about living amen, beyond self. So, so the more they promote the values of self, the more we deaden, the more we kill the conscience. But God is saying, no, Isaiah, you need to tell my people, they need, their conscience needs to be awakened. Their conscience needs to be awakened. And this is the reason why we're dealing with this. And it's amazing, all right, the, 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 the level of truth, the level of truth that we see in the scripture about conscience. And, and I, I want us to, to, to look at those things. But before we go into that, there's this scripture the Lord dropped in my heart yesterday that I quickly want to just bring out as we deal with this, uh, uh, you, know, you know, issue of conscience here. Let, let, me, let me read this. Let me read Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at verse uh, 7, 8. And um, yes, let's, let's, let's just let's, let's start from verse 7. We're dealing with you see when we when we look at scripture you know some time ago i was trying to explain this now one of the challenges we have in the church is that people are not doctrinally sound and because we are not doctrinally sound all right it, it makes it very difficult all right to look at scripture and interpret scripture amen from a doctrinal you know historic you know a, a concept all right why was the scripture written why was this scripture why was why is this subject amen being dealt with all right. Why, 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 why was Paul speaking, uh, you know, with that kind of a tone? Why was he addressing that issue? 
all right we, we need to think when we're reading scripture with let, let's not just read scripture all right okay i'm just reading scripture we've got to read scripture amen with 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 questions in our mind we've got to read scripture understanding you know why certain things are done the way they are done why certain things are read, written the way you know they were written all right why you know certain people were addressed the way they address the way the way they were addressed you see if we have that kind of thinking cap on while we're reading scripture it allows us to be able to delve into all right the very the you know the the, the the very life the very history the very you know reality amen of you know the people that the scripture we're reading to because listen to this we cannot say oh well the, the scriptures is relevant to us if we divorce ourselves amen from the happenings from the reason from the cause amen from the circumstance that you know that allow that scripture amen to be penned down We've got to understand scripture, amen. Let's not run, we know, with some concept of spirituality without having a broad, you know, you know, insight, you know, informative insight, asking questions, you know, getting to understand, probing, amen, and, and, and researching, you know, such that when we read scripture, like if I read Galatians, you know, my, 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 my pattern of thinking is different from, you know, you know, when I'm reading the book of Romans or I'm reading the book of Corinthians, each of those books, amen, are, are there to address a particular challenge in our life, to address a particular problem in society. All right, the way you read the book of Hebrews is gonna be completely different from the the way you're gonna be reading the book of Timothy. All right, it, obviously it's, it is different from the way you're gonna be engaging the book of Revelation. So all those things are there to allow us to, you see, before you read scripture, first of all, ask yourself why was this scripture written? To to who were they written? What was the circumstance? What was the circumstance? What was the circumstance that was, you know, that, that, that allowed the scripture, to, you know, to come? Because scripture is a, you know, is an answer to questions. Scriptures is an answer to questions. The scriptures connect, amen, to real, to real people, to real situation. All right. So that's why the, the, the concept of, you know, conscience that we're dealing with today speaks to the issues, amen, of our day. It's relevant to our day because we live in a day where, all right, people judge what is right based on their own standard. People judge what is right based on their own standard or based on the values of their environment, based on the, based on the feelings, based on, you know, somebody's idea or based on, you know, what some, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, philosopher you know or psychologist says now who defines the benchmark of truth who defines amen the standard of truth who defines to us what is true because everything we do amen must be defined by a standard you know we, we cannot talk about correctness if there is no standard. Uh, hallelujah. We cannot talk about correctness if, correctness if there is no standard. If there are no measure, if there are no standard, amen. How do you know that what you are doing, amen, okay, as, you know, has passed the test of, you know, of correctness? Now, society today, all right, the, 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 the society we live in today are, are trying to shatter, they are trying to break, amen, the standard of God. And they're trying to create for themselves, all right, their own standard. It's like what they did in, back then in, in, you know, you know, uh, you know, in building the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was supposed to be a human standard, amen, of how, of how to build, of how to elevate themselves. They said we will come together and, all right, and we will make, you know, you know, bricks and we will build for ourselves a tower into the heavens. That is the problem today that man, amen, have, have, have 
pushing away the values, the standard of God, amen, the, the, the order of God, and they're creating for themselves their own standards. So they're creating for themselves today a standard of marriage. They're creating for themselves today a standard of education. They're creating for themselves today a standard of, you know, of, 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 of life, of relationship. And, and this standard, all right, we know that they're built, amen, on falsehood, on false ground, on false foundation, and they're crumbling. No wonder the scripture says, he said, I will shake. God said, I will shake the foundation. I will shake the foundation of many generations. I will shake everything that can be shaken. And we know <laughs> that God is shaking today everything that everything that we define, amen, to be structured. Whatever we have built, the Bible says, you know, one built his house on a rock. Another built his, ha his house, amen, on a sand. Those who build their house on the sand, amen, are those who believe that, well, you know, based on their judgment, uh, this house should be able to stand. But they don't know what was coming. You see, you can build your life, you can build your ideology on that which you believe, on that which you think, on that which you feel. But guess what? You don't know what is coming to test. And that's why the, 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 this world, are, I mean, they're going to they're gonna have a shocker. They're, they're going to be shocked to their bones because they don't know what is coming. You know, the, you know, people that build the Titanic, they say, ah, this, this ship cannot be, cannot be sunk. Well, <laughs> you, you're talking about the things above, but you're not looking at the things beneath. The thing that sunk the Titanic was that which was from beneath. And this is how the wisdom of God is going to play out in this last day. And that's why I feel the Spirit of the Lord is emphasizing these things to us. So that we don't measure our Christianity. We don't measure our spirituality based on our environment. Based on, you know, some God knows, some, you know, great man of God we see somewhere. Based on some good preacher. Based on some giftings. Based on some talent. We don't measure our spirituality based on how, you know, we, you know, you know, we, we can look around our, look, look around our, our lives. Our our environment and look at somebody that is successful you know and i'm using this in inverted comma su successful because how do you define a successful church how do you define a successful business how do you define a success is it is it the fact that somebody is making money is money making amen the definition of success well in the world system yes more money means you're, you're successful but in the in the standard of god more money does not relate amen to success in the standard of in the, in the standard of the world big building a big church all right having you know population you know the place populated by people to them is success in that order of god in the standard of god amen a big church amen with you know big you know congregation and big money all right does not define success that's why god says in the book of isaiah 55 my ways are not your ways my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways far higher than your ways. This scripture changed my life. As a young pastor growing up, it changed my life. God has a value standard that he measures. And listen to this. Whatever God creates, that thing answers to the standard of God. Whatever God creates, whatever God creates, that thing, whatever that thing is, it answers to the values, to the, to the order of God, not to the standard of man. So show me anything that man created by his own self. Tell me that thing that man created with his own hand. Everything that, we cre that, that is created by God answers to the standard of God, not to the values of man. 
And therefore, we cannot measure our life based on humanistic wisdom, based on, you know, humanistic understanding, based on humanistic knowledge. It's good. It's good. It's just information. And we need information. And that's why we go to school to learn this thing. But we must never build our life on that standard. There's a higher law. There's a higher law. There's a law called, amen, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets me free from the law. A law is a principle. A law is like a constitution. All right? You're, you're bound to it. That thing binds you. Every, every citizen is bound, amen, to the constitutions of the land. You're bound to the constitution. You, if you break the constitution, amen, the constitution permits that you go to jail. <laughs> permits that you, you, know, you, 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 you are dealt with. Guess what? The constitution of the law of the nation also must submit itself to that higher law called the law of God. So, 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 because we believe that every every law, amen, should be should be should be derived, amen, from a state of morality. All right, you cannot be a law to yourself. A, a nation cannot be a law to himself. Everyone must understand that there is there is a higher law, and this higher law defines to us, amen, the values of morality. This higher law defines to us, amen, the values of what in what defines, amen, what what characterizes, amen, our conscience. That's why God, when God created man, amen, He created him by default with a conscience. That's why I wonder. Where was the conscience of, of, of Adam when, when Satan came and began to challenge the wife and began to lie to the wife? In fact, what happened to the conscience amen, of Eve? You see, something happened. You know? and, 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 and what happened is when we, lost, when we lost after things that God says we should, we should stay away from, when we begin to challenge amen, the values and the standard of God, when we begin to cha challenge the wisdom of God, when we begin to challenge the knowledge of God, when we begin to challenge the instructions of God, you know what begins to happen? Suddenly our conscience begins to die. It begins to, you know, the voice of the conscience begins to get, you know, more slow and soft. All right? that, 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 that voice that was that's supposed to be you know screaming and say, Don't do it. That, that voice start dying. Start dying. And that's when the enemy comes in. Where the where there where there is no conscience, morality cannot exist. And that's the that's the strategy of the enemy. Kill the conscience, all right? Neutralize the conscience, and you will have men behaving like beasts. <laughs> you will have humans behaving like beasts. That's why, all right, when, 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 when Christ died on the cross, amen, the spirit of man came back to life. Part of what came back to life was his conscience. But let's go to the scripture that I want to, I want to, I want to read, Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at this scripture. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. We're dealing with Galatians chapter 5 quickly. Um, uh, Galatians 5, 7. Paul says, you were running a good race. Who cut on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who called you. Or who calls you. Listen to this. A little yeast walks through the whole batch of dough. <laughs> Your King James will say, a little leaven leavens the whole lump now this scripture you know this scripture yesterday the lord highlighted in my spirit and i began to 
you know, just think about it, you know, meditate on it a bit and ask the Lord, what, is, what, what are you saying? You know, back then, on, on that, you know, under the old covenant, you know, during the, the ironic priesthood, there were all kinds of ceremony. And those ceremonies were a typology, all right, of, of a reality, of a substance of, of life, of worship in Christ, in the New Testament. So all those things that they were doing in terms of ceremony was speaking to was speaking to them about a life, about you know divine order, divine standard. Now, in in the concept of sacrifice and offering, one of the things that is that is said is there are certain offerings that you bring to God that you must not that you must not add yeast to it, must not be mingled. All right, we yeast. In fact, when you're baking bread back in those days, you are not allowed, okay, to to particularly the bread that is that is used in the altar, all right, in, in you know in, in in temple worship, is not allowed to be mixed with you know with with yeast. And the reason for that is yeast deals with things that are fermented. Now the process of fermentation itself, the Lord sees it, amen. As, as an inferior standard, as something that corrupts. You know, fermentation, you know, goes, you know, whatever is, whatever goes through the process of fermentation, all right, it's almost like an artificial concept of making things grow, making things increase. And God said, no, I don't want that. I want things to take their natural course. And so if you want to grow, all right, you, you grow naturally. All right, but 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 in the in the case of you know you know bread and yeast, if you add yeast to bread, what do you get? You get the bread, you get the dough swollen. Therefore, you get a bigger bread. All right. So, but that says that that concept, that principle, all right, it, it, it contradicts my values, contradicts in the, the concept of worship. All right. So don't add yeast to it. Don't 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 bring don't bring artificiality to the things of the spirit. All right. So this is what you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Paul is saying here in Galatians. He says, "Don't you understand that a little, a little yeast, a little pinch of yeast, amen, to the dough, all right, swells the dough." In other words, be careful of how you live your life, because a little yeast, whatever that yeast may be, how little that yeast may be, if you allow it into your life. It's going to increase. It's going to. It's going to multiply. It's going to, you know, uh, 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 swollen. I mean, whatever it is in your life, a little yeast walks through the whole door. Now you don't want to live your life in a situation where there are all kinds of fermented yeast, all right, that have been released into your life. Because the essence of that, the purpose of that, amen. Is to increase, is to is to is to is to swollen, is to is to is to bring a sense of you know a, 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 you know a sense of compromise. That's the word. Brings a sense of compromise into your life. So so God says, stay away from that which is yeast because it's gonna work on the old door, and that means there's gonna be corruption. All right, and this is the context to which Paul, or of, of course, you can use that from a different context, but the context here is a little yeast, amen, you know, works on the whole dough. A little leaven leavens the whole arms, okay? So you don't want to do that. You want to live your life. And that's why one of the things the Lord said, amen, to, you know, to, to the mother of, to the parents of, you know, uh, uh, Samson is, 
he must not touch anything that that you know that that that, that you know that carries yeast all right that that is fermented all right he must stay away she must stay away and also he must stay away because that is not the principle of god amen the principle of god is not is not use, using yeast Yeast, amen, is to make things grow easily, quick. Amen. If you put a little yeast, amen, in the dough, just cover it and let some heat, uh, amen, take process over that thing. Just give it the next, you know, 15, 20 minutes. You're going to see that little flour, you know, uh, dough, you know, increasing and, you know, growing. All right. God says, that's not my process. That's not, that's not my way. All right. That's the way of the world. The world doesn't care as long as it grows. However it grows, it's not their business as long as it grows. But God says, that's not, that's not my principle. That's not my standard. A little yeast, amen, works through the entire dough. And Paul is saying this in the context, amen, of how, amen, the, the, the Galatian church began to move away, shift away from the path of of principle of kingdom principle amen of, of a life that will allow them amen to begin to experience now the moment we begin to allow yeast into our life what happened is that our spirituality gets corrupt while we may be growing <laughs> i think i must i must actually expand on this i did a teaching on this years ago but, but I think what I'm talking about this now, I feel maybe I need to maybe come back to this. But I'm just looking at this from the context amen, of what we're dealing with this morning. Thank you, everyone, for connecting. Thank you, Sister Tina. Thank you, Apostle Andre. All right. Uh, uh, the scripture said a little yeast. Now, the question is, what are the yeast? Now, while we may be growing, a, a point I quickly want to highlight is, while we may be growing because of the yeast in our life, but the essence of, you know, of that yeast is also to deaden our conscience. To lead us to a point where we begin to compromise the standard. I mean, you look at the world today. Uh, one number one concept that the world looks in. When, when you talk about society, when you look, up, look about, excuse me, talk about, you know, nation. One thing everybody talks about is the economy. Now, how the economy grows amen, is basically based on, you know, whichever way the economy will grow. So basically, society will look for all kinds of yeast to make the economy grow. Even if the economy, amen, is not built on the right foundation, it's not built with the right, you know, value system, with the right, you know, framework to allow that thing to grow organically. I mean, today we talk about, you know, organic food. We talk about organic growth. All right. But guess what? Many of the things that we're doing are not organic because people want to seek increase. I mean, if you're in business, you want to, you want to see, you know, uh, increase. You want to see your business grow. You want to see things. But guess what? The principle of growing any business, amen, is the, is the power of relationship. When you've done all that, all you need to do, what you need to do is, is to build relationship, build relationship based on integrity based amen on truth based on you know you know the value of integrity you'll be, you'll be surprised how our integrity can really expand your business because when people see that there is authenticity in what you're doing guess what people will go people will people will support it may take a while but any any any, any successful business person all right who has built his business on on the values amen of principle will tell you amen the concept of connecting one-to-one -one with people amen Be, being real being there being open being organic amen is the key we can do every other thing things can grow guess what the same yeast amen the same yeast that you put to a dough and make it grow. you just leave that thing for a while all right expose that thing you're going to see how that dough is going to come down 
So what are we talking about? I want us to look at the context. I, I want us to continue to look at the context of dealing with our conscience. Now, one of the things that we're, we, we are emphasizing is because of the day that we live in where society, amen, is doing everything strategically, amen, to deaden our conscience, we have to constantly engage, amen, our spirituality in, in a manner that keeps our conscience alive, that keep our conscience alive. And like I said, amen, conscience is part of God's divine, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, plan in, 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 in the creation of humanity. God, God placed that thing there. Ever before the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, the conscience has been there. Like we read in Genesis 20 yesterday, all right? Abimelech, amen, made a decision, took a stand, amen. <laughs> you know, he decided to, you know, uh, to take Abraham's wife. He didn't know because Abraham said, you know, she's my sister, all right? And God came to you know Abimelech and said, Abimelech in a dream, Mister, you better return this this you know this this man's wife. The woman you've, you've got with you is 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 is, is somebody else's wife. Abimelech said, but I, I didn't know this. Abimelech said, I I, I didn't I didn't know this because this man told me she is my sister, and I took her with with the integrity of my heart. God said to Abimelech, yes, I know that what you did, you did it with the right conscience. But you see, like I said yesterday, you can have a you can have a right conscience, but that doesn't mean that your right conscience, amen, aligns to divine standard, aligns to divine truth. Somebody can do things with a right conscience, with a good conscience. But guess what? Conscience itself, amen, does not expose to you, does not reveal to you, amen, the, the truth. Conscience just tells you it's right or wrong. So we need the spirit of God. We need, the, we need biblical truth. We need, that's why you've got a lot of good people out there. I mean, they tell you, well, I will never do this thing. But that doesn't make them right in the sight of God. And this is the point that I'm talking about, that we've got to understand the awakening of our conscience, but we cannot live within the context of a conscience. We have to allow our conscience to be guided amen, by the word of God. Now, this is what society, this is what the present day globalist humanistic society want to kill. They want to kill our conscience because listen to this, you cannot have morality without a conscience. Now, we cannot build a nation without, amen, awakening the conscience of the nation. All right? Awakening the conscience of the nation means that nation begins to say, but that is morally wrong. Now, but the society says no. You know, the humanistic society says no. We don't want something to be defined by moral standard. We want things to be defined by how we feel. <laughs> how we feel about it. Now, I, 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 I feel I should be able to marry a man, a man. So what should be stopping me? But it is morally wrong. No, mother, but why can't as a woman marry another woman? But, but, but the law of life say that is morally wrong. That is the battle that we are faced with today. Unfortunately, this, 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 this foreign spirit is crippling into the church. And that's why today you've got, you know, some churches, particularly the, you know, the Episcopal and the rest of them, all right? They're actually saying this issue of gay, yeah? Maybe God made a mistake, but these are things that are clearly written in the word of God. Amen. God, 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 doesn't, God doesn't, you know, say things or mean something else. Or God doesn't, you know, you know, give us a principle and then he's trying to say something else. No, no, no. And what you see in the word of God, amen, is the way God feels about life. 
And this is the reason why I'm saying that anything that is created by God, hallelujah, is obligated, is obligated, amen, to stand, amen, in the law, in the court of God and judge, amen, based on the value standard, amen, of God. The word of God is not just designed for Christians. That's a mistake many people have made. The word of God is not just designed for Christians. The word of God is designed, amen, for man, for creation, that's why the Bible says creation. The Bible means that Christians are crying. Creation is groaning. The word of God is designed, amen, for creation, for creation. Creation must live based on the value standard, based on the value principle, amen, of God's word. And listen to this. As believers, as Christians, we should be the conscience of God to society. Halabashakayanda. We should be, amen, we should be the, the conscience of God. We should be the conscience of truth to society. Everywhere we go, our life should be a standard. People, people may not like it. They don't have to like it. Listen to this. When, when, you, when you speak to your child about certain things and you tell your children, look, there are certain things you must not do. In most cases, they don't like the law you've set aside. They don't like what you're telling them. But guess what? They don't have to like it to obey it. Because you know that if they don't obey, amen, what you have set as a standard, as a rule, every house, every home must have a rule, must have a standard, all right? There's a time where, you know, the TV must go off, all right? There's a time where you must wake up, all right? There's a time where you must go read your book. There's a time for play. You know, everything is designed by certain order of life. Yes, because that is what makes life to go smoothly. In a situation where you begin to re remove headship, when you remove headship, you kill the order, the values, amen, of, you know, of governance. And when you do that, amen, basically you are indirectly killing morality because morality is what speaks into the standard of leadership. The standard of leadership, amen, speaks into conscience, speaks into, amen, how to live life. Leadership is not just about getting things done. It's about, amen, living life in accordance to divine order. So we can't even live our life, our Christianity successfully, without, amen, embracing, amen, the values of conscience. Now, one of the things that I do that I believe the Lord to continue to help me to do, amen, is to daily check myself. You know, one of the things that can kill, that can easily kill conscience, our conscience, is pride. And that's what we see, like I was, you know, trying to explain earlier on, all right? You, you look at, you know, Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 2. <clears throat> like I said, the reason why Paul dealt with this, particularly in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, in, in, in the context of the state of Rome, Remember, the church, he was dealing with, he was speaking to the church in Rome. But beyond that, you know, the church in Rome was supposed to be the conscience, amen, of God. Was supposed to be the conscience of truth, amen, to the Roman society. So Paul began to address these things, amen, having a backdrop of what the Roman society believed. Now let me go back to, so, okay, we've dealt with uh, Galatians 5, a little leaven leavens the whole arms, all right? I'm going to go to Romans, but before I go to Romans, let me read 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Like I said yesterday, these are foundational truths that we ought to have known. We have to have established, you know, in our, you know, in our class one, in our, you know, beginner class with the things of God. You know, today when you look at the way Christians are judging things, you know, you, you almost like get a, an heart attack. You ask yourself, are you actually a Christian? Well, because they, they don't have these basic spiritual foundations. 
that certain things are just no go. They are no go area. Certain things you just don't. You, you, there's nothing like oh well, I feel I no no no. It, it, it's not built on your feeling. It, it's like you know you're going into a relationship. There are there are there are there are there are there are laws that must govern the love. <laughs> there are laws that must govern the love. All right, love love does not excuse us, amen, from stupidity. Love does not excuse us from foolishness. Love, love does not excuse us from ignorance. Come on. We've got to understand what are the laws that governs this love. No wonder the Bible talk about the law, the law of love. In fact, the Bible call it, amen, the supreme law. Love is governed by laws. Laws are system values that are set in place to make the love to work effectively anything we do you know by just how we feel we just want to do it be, then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a problem all right if there are no parameters if if there are no boundaries if there are no standards if there are no order i mean if if if, you, if there are no vision governing what we define to be love that thing i tell you is going to lead us into a different point and we're going to be asking ourselves but because you, 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 you're going to get tired of, you know, all the fanfare, whatever we call it. You, you're going to get tired. So something must be driving what you define to be love. Something must be driving what you define, amen, to be an objective. You, you've got to have something propelling you, you know. You know, every day I wake up and I'm here. If something is driving me, I'm speaking into the conscience of this nation. You know, when I woke up this morning again, you know, I'm like, oh, is, are you going to be, are you going to go there again? Yeah, I'm going to go there. Guess what? Because I am speaking into, amen, the spiritual atmosphere. I'm speaking into the conscience. Even like I said, it's most that even if nobody, tune, you know, you know, turns on and connect with me, you know, online, I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing because I am speaking to, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the spiritual atmosphere atmosphere i'm spirit speaking to you know the spiritual you know reality of the nation i'm not just speaking to people i'm also speaking to entities uh, you know you're dealing with amen the the, the the spiritual reality and the structure and the and the values and the you know and and, and what defines amen the the, the the heart and the conscience of this nation so you're speaking to something that you're not seeing no wonder the bible talk about we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses how do you see those cloud of witnesses? And the Bible says they are cheering us up. So I wake up in the morning, amen. Sometimes, you know, you know, you don't feel like it, but you, you have to remind yourself. That's how it is in love. You have to remind yourself why you love this person. You have to remind yourself why you love the job. You have to remind yourself why you're going to school. You have to remind yourself why you are going, preparing, amen, for that work, for that ministry. You have to remind yourself why you talk to the people, why you minister. You have to remind yourself why. The why is what keeps us going. Or else you're going to get to a point where we get tired. We feel like we're not getting anything done. I'm just going through the motion. You know, you know for... 20, 22, 22 years, no, no, no about 20, 21 years, in fact, 20, 21 years, as a pastor, you know, you, you get to a point, you begin to ask yourself, Lord, is this, is this all I'm going to be doing? You know, sometimes you, I, I mean, that's me, I'm very honest with my, Lord, it, it, but then I remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. 
particularly when you are not seeing the result that you want to see because sometimes we've got this expectation and you're not seeing that expectation forthcoming you have to remind yourself so we remind ourselves, amen, that we have to constantly speak into the spiritual con you know, consciousness, amen, of this nation. And that will awaken the conscience of the land. Because a nation that is awakened is a nation that, amen, its conscience, amen, has been awakened. Alright? The, sat the satanic activity this day is deadening, is killing, alright? Is 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 destroying the conscience, amen, of, of, of people, of homes, family, society. When you look at the kind of carnage and destruction and evil that is taking place, you will know that as you know a society has lost amen, their conscience. Alright, if you can hang, you know, your children, if you can kill somebody by, by stabbing them to death, yeah, I mean, it tells you that something happened to their conscience. Alright, people no longer have conscience because conscience will tell you, don't do it. It is that inner police, is that inner guide, amen. Is that is that voice that tells you, don't do it, even if you are the most evil person. I tell you, I will say this, even if you are the most evil person around. If you are living, you've got a conscience. But guess what? Guess what? You can kill that conscience. The conscience can be killed. And uh, maybe tomorrow I will speak to us about the various types of conscience. We have strong conscience. We've got weak conscience. All right. We have baby conscience. Yes, Paul was talking to the Corinthians. He said, if what you are going to eat is going to make another person, amen, to fall. He said, for conscience sake, don't do it. Don't do it. You see, that's why I said, the concept of conscience is deep into the New Testament apostolic community. And we have to awaken our conscience. Because the more we say we grow in the spirit, the more we should be able, hallelujah, to relate to the voice of our conscience. You know one thing about conscience is, if there is something you need to fix and you've not fixed it, that thing will continue to remind you. That thing, that voice will continue to remind you. You need to fix this thing. You need to fix this thing. But guess what? If that thing keeps reminding you and you keep shutting that voice, you keep shutting that voice, that voice begins to get softer and quiet until a day is going to come. You're not going to hear anything again. Now, you don't want to get to a point in your life where your, the, the voice of your conscience no longer speaks to you. That is the point of death. A society whose conscience is dead all right, have you heard people say God is dead? That is a society that has killed their conscience because by, by default, every human being is inscribed, amen, with the image of his creator. Every one of us, our heart is inscribed, even those who call themselves an atheist. The fact that you don't believe in God means you believe in something. The concept of belief is a reality of the existence, amen, of a God. Jira said, the, the concept that the fact that you believe in something, he said, I don't believe in God, fine, but you believe in something. That concept of believing, that that value, that morality of believing, if, if you say you're believing in Satan, that itself proves to you, amen, that there is God. Because that which you believed in, amen, was created. Oh, hallelujah. So I said I want to read some, I want to read a scripture. Yes, I wanted to read uh, 2 
uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 says, and this is our boast. I read this yesterday. Let me read again, then I'm going to go to uh, Romans. And this is our boast, our conscience testify that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in relating to you, listen to this, in holiness and in sincerity that are from God. This is what Paul is saying. This is our belief. This is what gives us assurance. And our conscience testify to it. When your conscience begins to testify about your standard of spirituality, about your walk with God, about how you're tracking with the things of the Spirit, you know, I can tell you that you're on the right path. One of the things, all right, you want to do as a believer all right, is to make sure that you are in harmony, you are in harmony, amen, with, with the world, with the reality, with the universe of God within you, that you are in harmony, amen, with the dealings of God, all right, you know, when, when, you, when something is not connecting on the inside, if you're proclaiming something, you're declaring something, but something is not jiving on the inside, there's no connection, there's no harmony to what your mouth is proclaiming, then you've got to fix it. You see, this is the heart of what I'm talking about. Then you've got to fix that thing. If, if, if you're declaring something, you, you know, sometimes we want to make ourselves to believe in certain things. Uh, uh, you know, it's a make-believe. But you see, whatever you believe must come from amen, the state of your heart, the, the integrity of your heart. It must come from an agreement from within you. You see, and that's what we call authenticity. Authenticity is not about people. It's about you being true to yourself. Authenticity is about you being true to yourself. But guess what? You can't be true to yourself if there is no standard that measure, amen, the truth in your life. In other words, you cannot be the one who defines truth, amen, and therefore you measure the truth by your own standard of truth. No. The truth, amen, the truth cannot be defined or measured by man. The truth, amen, can only be attained to by man. You can only move up to a standard. When you say truth, truth is a standard. The reason why we judge people is because there is a standard, isn't it? The reason why people are in prison today is because they broke, amen, the standard. They broke the values. They broke the structure, amen, that was set in place. That's why they're in prison, all right? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not lie, amen. Thou shalt not steal. Don't covet your, you know, your neighbor's property. You know, don't go into your neighbor's wife. All those things, amen, are measured. You see, the, 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 the law that God gave, amen, to his people, amen, are measured. They are measure of standard of truth now that's why people say they don't want god because when you when you, when you they believe that when you when when you remove god out of the equation then there is no there is no measure there is no standard again you see so they say well i mean i just feel like i need to do it i mean who wants to live life tell me which society can live and can live successfully and prosper by removing the benchmark the standard of truth there's going to be there's going to be carnage there's going to be anarchy in the land because you've removed the standard of truth and guess what the standard of truth is the voice of conscience the standard of truth is the voice of conscience <laughs> and conscience amen is the voice of morality morality conscience truth you can't separate them 
So when you hear things like, um, no, we can do whatever we want to do, you know, a man and a man can marry together, you know, a woman and, you know, and, and women can marry together, that's fine. Tomorrow they're going to say, you know, a woman can marry his dog. You know, I once read some, I can't remember, three, four years ago, in, in, I'm, I'm not sure if I read it or I was watching it somewhere, you know, somebody got married to a tree. How do you get married to a tree? Some people are getting married to water. All kinds of crazy things. Now, why are people coming up with all this kind of... I mean, it doesn't even make sense. But you see, that's the point. They don't want it to make sense because they are captured by their own lust. And this is what Paul was addressing, amen, in the church of Rome. Let's, let's, let's go there. This is good stuff. You see, this is a, this is a message that should go viral to society. These are things we want. You see, I'm saying this, and I want it to go into the atmosphere, into the into the heart of this nation, because South Africa is losing, amen, our, our conscience. We're losing our conscience. But this is a nation that God has got a powerful prophetic plan for, and for that to happen, we have to clear the mess. You see, if you want to build, right? Have you have you gone to you know some building site, particularly in in a place where you've got some old structure before? Excuse me, before, and they they they, they pull the structure down, and there's a renovation. What happens? You see, amen. Those earth moving equipment, those you know bulldozers, they come there, and they first clear the ground. You've got to clear the ground. So what we've been doing, particularly what I've been doing for a while, amen, is basically clearing the ground. We're clearing the ground because God is about to. Build something huge, something massive. God wants to build, but He cannot build on our stupidity. He cannot build on our weakness. He cannot build on our assumption. That's why He's shaking the foundation. If He shakes the foundation, the house that is not solid on on the rock, guess what? It collapses. Yes. So those are part of what God is going to what? Clear off. Yes. God said, Jeremiah, I've anointed you as a prophet over the nation. My plan is that you cast down, is that you tear down, is that you pull down. Hallelujah. Amen. And then begin to what? Plant and build. Got to follow that. Those five structure. There are, there, 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 there are periods in, in our engagement that we must cast down things. We must pull down things. And if you ask me right now, there are things we need to pull down. We need to cast down. We need to tear down. Amen. That, that, that has been hanging. That have benchmarked and defined you know, values. That has defined how people should live life in this nation. That does not measure up. Amen. To the divine order of God. And just like God brought down the Tower of Babel. Amen. There are towers coming down in our day. Did you hear what I've said? There are towers coming down in our time. There are, there are loftiness of men. There are high looks coming down. Just like the scripture declared in, in Isaiah 1 and 2. Yes, he said the loftiness of men and their high look. God will humble. Did I hear a prophetic word over this nation? That God is humbling this nation. Yes, I believe God is humbling this nation. But God is also showing us and revealing to us that he's a God of mercy and love. And I believe that's part of what happened, you know, yesterday with the winning of the game. I, 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 I feel a sense in my spirit that that is just a, a foretaste of what we, will, we can become. That's a potential. That's, some, that's something telling us that if we will work together in, in unity, but unity must be built on the standard of truth. You cannot have false unity one of the things that we've seen or right, right, well, let's just come together is is a rainbow no we've got to define what define amen our value as a rainbow nation what do we believe what do we stand for 
Yes, people can do whatever they want to do, but guess what? What does the nation define as a visionary value standard? What defines, what holds us together as a nation? Those things must be defined. Or else we're going to be saying we, we're unity, we're unity, and we have a nice, you know, match, and, and we win the cup, and tomorrow everybody go to their own tents, you know? The white do their own thing, the black do their own thing, the color do their own thing. No, those things must, must come to an end. It takes shared life, amen, to win the battles of life. And those guys showed us yesterday. I, I'm not. I'm not into rugby. I'm not a rugby lover. It, to me, is just too physical. I, I, I'm not into all that. <laughs> rugby to me is too physical. So I, I, I don't even understand the game. But guess what? <laughs> they played again, and they, they 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 played against you know the best, and they won. But that to me is prophetic, telling us that this nation can win if we come together, if we work together. And it's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. But we can win. If we have our hearts together, if we do what is right. Amen. So that to me, that's something that we need to celebrate. All right. And as we continue to look at this concept, let me, let, yesterday, I, I said I was going to read the book of Romans, um, but uh, yeah, okay, maybe I should go to Romans. Um, thank you, Father. I'll bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to read Romans because, like I said, it, 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 it encapsulates, it captures the hearts and the spirit of what we're dealing with. All right? Paul used, you know, this gospel to awaken, to, 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 to speak life, you know, to, to the soul of the Roman uh, 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 state. Yes. You know, when, when he released this message to the church, but he was also speaking to the society in general. Now let's look at this. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of people. I want you to know this. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven. Heaven is a standard. Heaven is a standard. That which is above is a standard, amen, to that which is beneath. All right? Beneath cannot be a standard to that which is above. No, heaven is a standard. So are we getting the concept? We're dealing with this, you know, uh, uh, concept from the order of awakening the conscience. To, to you know, to, to have a conscience means to be able to say, wow, God doesn't like, love this thing. God doesn't want this thing. God is against this thing. I'm against this thing. Let me say, let me, let me just, while I'm on this, one of the, one of the beauty, one of the beauty of conscience is that you have, you are, you are a principal person. A principal person is a person, amen, that's got a conscience. You know, as, as individual, we must have certain dimension of value standard that people must not cross. That even we ourselves must not cross. You, people must know you. One of the things that defines values, particularly when the Bible talks about a virtuous woman, a virtuous woman, a virtuous woman is a woman, amen, that has got certain values that must not be crossed by men. Leadership, amen, is a dimension of position that has been set that you don't want to break it. You know, there are certain things that I do, not, not just because of me. I do it because of my position as a leader. 
You know? So you, you live your life from the context. You know, yesterday, me and my family, we went, you know, to uh, a Val, Val Dam. There's a dam just behind our house. You know, we live in a place where we're basically, you know, separated by, you know, a mountain. So behind our house here, there's a mountain behind, my, behind this house. The other side of the mountain is a, you know, it's a dam. Beautiful place, quiet. So sometimes we go there. So yesterday we decided, okay, we're going to go with the family. So while I was sitting just, you know, and some people also come there from different parts. They just come, people just come there. It's a place to, you know, to think, to meditate, to, you know, look at life. Because it's quiet and nice. And the very, you know, the scenery there is very beautiful. So I saw this man, an elderly man. He must be in his... He must be in his 80s, a white, a white man, you know, in his car. He just sat there, and uh, I felt he must, be, he must have been there for quite a while. So, we went doing what, you know, we were doing. I love taking pictures. I took some pictures. I came back, I sat, and as I was looking at this man, I felt the Lord began to speak to me about this man. All right. So, you know, God starts speaking to you and, uh, and the thought co comes to mind. Just leave this man, you know, just is an old man just trying to have some quiet time with himself. Just leave, just leave him. Or he may not even be open to you. He may not want to hear what you have to say. But, I, of course, I've, I'm, I'm used to all these voices, so I said to myself, there's nothing wrong in trying if God is speaking to me. And all God wants me to do is just to pray for him. All right. You know, one easy, one easy way to know that you are growing or if you want to develop your prophetic ministry, all right, is to start praying for people. That's how I grew up, you know, in my prophetic, you know, uh, 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 um, orientation. Just praying for people. Start praying for people and then start going to pray for people. And there are two different things. You can be in your own private corner praying for people. But God can also lead you to say, God, pray for that person. All right? And if there's one easy way that the prophetic can flow out of you, amen, is through prayer. So I, so I, so my wife said, oh, it's time for us to go. So I said, okay, I'm coming. I knew I've got a choice. I've got to make a choice. You know, either going into our car or going to meet this man. So I decided no, I was going to meet this man. I was going to go say hello to this man. So I just say, hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm fine. Do you come here frequently? He said, yes, sometime. I think he said, I come here once every three weeks. I said, wow. He said, you must love this, you know, serenity. He said, yes, it's quiet here. I just come here. And uh, you could see a very fragile man. So I said, well, we live on the other side of the mountain, just behind the mountain here. I said, wow, you must be enjoying this place. I said, well, try to. You know, just struck a conversation. And from the conversation, you know, just general thing. And I said to him, so, you know, I just felt, you know, that I'd like to share prayer with you if you don't mind. I felt the Lord will have me share prayer with you. And he said, well, okay. So I could tell he's not even a Christian. 
So I said, okay. So before I even say, okay, I just close my eyes and I start praying. His music is still playing, just soft music. And uh, as I began to pray, obviously at this moment, I'm already in tune with his father. And I realized that the things that I was praying are the things that he was struggling with. You know, and I was, my prayer was a prophetic, you know, voice of the father to this man, to this elderly man. Like I said, he must be in his late 80s because you could see his wife. But you know, these people, they, they still drive. <laughs> and I finished praying with him, you know, and I, I knew it wasn't just prayer. I knew God was speaking to him through those prayers. And when he looked at me, he shook my hand, he shook my hand. I could feel very fragile, man. And I shook his hand. And I said, I hope we'll meet again. He said, you never know. You never know. We may just meet again. But thank you. And that, that was it. And I just moved away. And when I left, you know, the spirit of the Lord, you know, just began to. It's like I felt this overwhelming joy of God that you have unburdened this man. I don't know from what. But the point that I'm trying to bring out is. When we live our life in the moment, when we live our life in the moment of truth and in the moment of hearing and listening to what the Spirit of God is saying, you see, even if you feel what you want to do, all right, will inconvenient people, your conscience will tell you, which most time is the voice of the Spirit, go ahead and do it. I mean, the least the man will tell me is, Sorry, I'm not interested in your prayer. That's why you cannot serve God. Friends, you cannot serve God if pride is still what is, you know, motivating you. If pride is still there. If you still feel you have something, all right, to, to guard. You, you feel you have something to protect. You feel somebody's going to walk on your, you know, on your pride. Or somebody's going to, you know, look down on you. You cannot serve God. Because you will be rejected several times. But being rejected does not mean that you do not have a message from the Lord. I mean, I've been rejected several times. I've, I've been to a place where I want to pray. I said, no, I don't want your prayer. Huh? Fine. But hardly will people say they don't want your prayer. It all, it all depends on how you communicate. Now, I'm just bringing this out from the concept that we've just read. That God can use you even to, even to touch the heart of Excuse me, the, the heart that is, that, is, that is in rebellion. I don't know what that man might, might have done in his life. It's like I, I felt the man comes there just to think about, you know, his past, his life. And the things that he maybe he's missed in life, he's lost in life, you know. But I believe that that prayer must have, you know, revealed. Might, the man might even be an atheist. I don't know. But the way the man... You know, the way he responded when I engaged him and the way he responded after the prayer were two different things. And I didn't need to really begin to say, oh, do you want to give your life to Jesus? No, that's a job for somebody else because that's not the job I was sent to do. I was sent to pray for him. Who knows that the seed that I've sown, somebody might just water it. And that's how God walks. Some, he, might, he may just walk into some place and somebody may just, just talk to him and say, you know, you need to give your life to Jesus. It all connects. So, Okay, that man prayed for me. This one. And who knows, maybe I'm just finally watering the seed somebody has sown. Who knows, he may just go to his house and knelt before the Lord and say, Lord, 
finally, I know you are real in my life. But let's be, let's be prompt in obeying what the Spirit of God is saying. So let, let me go on. Let me read on. The wrath of God is being revealed. Have you noticed that? It's not, it's not, it's, it's a present continuous thing. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven standard against all the ungodliness. Ungodliness means to reject the values of God, the standard of God, the ways of God. Amen. The truth of God against all, all the ungodliness and wickedness of people. Listen to this. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They suppress the truth. To suppress the truth is to kill the conscience. Is to kill the conscience. To suppress the truth is to say to the voice, amen, of the conscience to be quiet. Is to sear the heart. Like the Bible says with what? Hot iron. Yes. Is to sear the heart with hot iron. My point this morning is that we've got to keep our heart supple. We've got to keep our heart alive. We've got to be quick to respond. All right, to what the Lord is saying. Everything God says to us as said, amen. Listen to this, with the violence of morality. Whenever God speaks to us, God's voice, amen, is a moral law. Because within the voice of God are moral codes. When God asks you to do something, or God says don't do it, amen, he's speaking into the standard of morality, into the standard, amen, of moral, you know, a, a, a standard, and every time we respond, we keep our conscience alive. Listen to this. Every time you respond to the voice of God, you, you strengthen your conscience. You strengthen your heart. I'm, I'm sure as I'm speaking right now, there might be some th certain things you know, that is coming to your mind that you need to go settle. It might just be people you need to settle with. It might just be a situation you need to deal with. It may just be a circumstance that you need to go fix. Yes. Every time you hear truth, the Lord will always point you into the concept of correctness. Every time we hear truth, the Lord always points us into the, into the order, into doing something right. God never speaks to us to do something evil. God always speaks to us to do what is right. You see, that's why society don't want to hear truth. Because truth will always point you, direct you to do what is morally right. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness? So wickedness does what? Suppress the truth. So when you see wickedness in society, all right, we like it or not, we want to accept it or not, amen, there is a spirit that suppresses the truth in South Africa and that's why wickedness is rife. That's why there is, you know, an expression, there is a carrying out. We see all these ungodly things happening. Truth has been suppressed. So what do we do? We need to awaken the truth. Let's, let's awaken the truth everywhere we go. Let's, let's promote truth. What do you do when you do that? Amen. You awaken the conscience of the, of, of, of the society. You awaken the conscience of the society. You awaken the moral conscience of the society. And that's what we want to do. And that's what I'm, I will continue to do. Because listen to this. What, what prophetic ministry are we going to have if people are not willing to respond is that not what led the children of Israel into captivity? They had the prophetic word. They were hearing the prophetic word. Uh-uh, but they were not listening. Why? Because they've seared their heart. Their heart has been seared with hot iron. No, they will not listen. 
God, God said, I sent prophet to them several times. No, until God led them into captivity. <laughs> Even when the God was leading them to, into captivity, God said, 70 years. A false prophet still come and said, no, it's going to be two years. After two years, you guys got to be free. You're going to come back to your thing. God says, no, <laughs> you're going to be there for a long time. You're going to stay there for seven, 70 years. I will perfect you in captivity. Will suppress the truth for by their wickedness. Listen to this. Since what may be known by God is plain to them. Because God made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invincible quality, come on. God's invincible quality, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. There is no excuse. No matter how they try to suppress it, no matter how they try to reject it, they can say God is dead. They can say this Christianity thing is just a false. This thing is just a lie. This thing is, is not real. Still people today challenging the power of miracle. Miracles are not real. There's people saying, well, apostles are no more real today. Prophets are no more real today. You know, I see right some time ago, somebody was saying, no, the days of apostles and prophets are gone. It, it ended all right, in, the, in the Bible days. You know, these are make beliefs people want to believe in lie yes people want to believe in what they want to believe but the truth is there for us to see this is what god is saying he says for since the creation of the world from the beginning god's invincible qualities is eternal power this is not some small power here this is not some generational power it's eternal power and divine nature you see, if we claim we have the eternal power of God in us and his divine nature, we should be, like I said, we should be the voice, hallelujah, of, 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 of awakening, amen, to the moral conscience of our society. We should awaken the consciousness of society, amen, in believing. When they look at us, they should be able to say, wow, this God thing is real. For since creation... Of the world, God's invisible quality, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood. So, oh, well, I didn't understand. No, no, you understand it because he, he reveals himself and he wants you to understand, amen, that he is there. When you look at nature, when you look at the way things are ordered, physics, science, all define, amen, how the order of God, how the realities of God, amen, are in place. Everything about life. The structure of our life all speaks into a being greater than some big bang theory. All right? Than some evolution. Come on. This God is too intelligent. And this was the argument of uh, 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 um, what's this great philosopher now? C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis began to challenge, you know, the philosophers of his day. Now, I mean, in fact, he was challenging the whole idea of, you know, uh, 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 um, this philosophy of the Taoist philosophy. That, you know, man, uh, 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 you know, uh, there, there was evolution, all right, from, you know, from fish and all that. C.S. Lewis said, no, no, you, 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 you cannot, you, you, you cannot build life. You cannot build truth. You cannot build, you know, science on this. This thing is just too weak. This argument, this theory is just too weak. There is an intelligent God behind this order, behind the structure. 
And mind you, C.S. Lewis was an atheist when he was challenging this thing. And God brought this man to a point where he realized, wait a minute, there's a God somewhere. I need to find him. What a man. What, a, what, what an establishment. What a truth he left for our generation, C.S. Lewis. The Bible says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible quality, qualities, in fact, qualities, not quality, qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, been understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I'm going to stop here this morning. What excuse do you have? What excuse do we have? What excuse do they have? None. Nobody's got an excuse. Than for us to bow and fall on our knees. And say, Lord, we have missed it. Our nation is running in a wrong direction. Our society, our generation are running in a wrong direction. There is, there is, there is, there is, there's an activity. There is a program. There's a strategy that the enemy, that the paths of darkness are orchestrating to, to lure, to destroy not just society, but even the, 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 the innocence of our children, like I was explaining yesterday. And we need to guard it. We need to guard it. We need to protect it. We need to stand against everything that stands amen, in the way of moral truth, of moral law. Moral law is designed for our good. If we obey what God says in his word. That's why God says the end of the commandment is this. The entire law is hung on this truth. That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. Everything that defines your faculty, that you love God with it. And the second one is that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you can keep these laws, you say you've, 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 you've kept the entire law. It, it, it's, it's all built on loving God first. What, what, is, so, what is so difficult, amen? In the world, embracing God. Why? Because they've embraced self. They've embraced their own ideology. They've embraced what they, you know, what they feel. You see, it's selfishness, self-centeredness that makes people to come up with all this ungodliness because they want to do what they want to do. But you know, like I know, that nobody lives life based on their own standard and succeed. If you're not pursue, pursuing something that is higher, that is stronger, that is more valuable amen, than what you have, than what you know, then you're dying. The day, the day you are not setting or you are, you are not seeking, you are not pursuing a standard. That's why, you know, like I was sharing, when you look at all that is happening today, particularly even with the Kaya West and all these issues that is happening, you know, when you, when you chip in the values and the standard of God, to mere talent and singing and and moving out of order and i'm saying this man i'm not i'm not claiming i'm not i'm not one of them who says he's not born again but i'm just saying this is not the principle we see in the word of god he may be born again but guess what he needs to go submit himself because that's what we see in the word of god we saw that in the life of jesus we saw that in the life of you know moses we saw that in the life of uh, uh, um paul you know, Saul who became Paul. And we also looked at, you know, Simeon, the sorcerer in, in, in Acts chapter 8, who said that he's born again. You know, he was still going around doing his own thing until a higher authority of truth came. 
to size what this man claimed he, you know, he's received, only for him to be found wanting. And this is my point. No one is doubting his salvation, but guess what? He needs to go submit himself. He needs to surrender himself. He needs to yield himself first of all and sit and learn until God says it's time now for you to go out there, take the microphone and do what I need you to do. You can't jump amen, from your old life into a so-called a new life and you continue doing what you're doing. It doesn't work that way. That's not biblical. You see, that's why I keep saying if we don't have, amen, a Bible, a Bible understanding, amen, of redemption and salvation, we will be deceived. Because you see that, you see how, how the church today is, is, is divided just on one person claiming he's saved. And there are many like that out there today. May the Lord help us. May God continue to open our eyes to the values and to the standard and to the principle. And guess what? It's going to take people like me and many out there who will continue, amen, to voice out the standard of God in any community, society, or company, amen, that does not make their standard plain and known. I mean, that's just a remedy for, for you know, for, for destruction, for collapse. Why do, why do we have vision in companies? Why does a church will set their standard and say, these are the things we believe? No, th those things are there to tell us that is a standard. Why do we want to live our life today without a standard? Why? Because we don't want you know, our conscience to prick us. Because once, there's a, once there is a standard set, your conscience will tell you, uh-uh, you're not supposed to do that. Paul said, I would, I would not have known all right, that you're not supposed to, to steal if the law amen, has not said, thou shalt not covet. So the law is to expose to us the standard of God. And that's all the law needs to do. The law could not save us, but there's a, there's a different law that God introduced that saved us. But the law did what it was sent to do, to expose the values of God, the standard of God to us. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. Now, what society is saying is, we don't even want to know those things. We don't want those things. But it's not going to work. Because these are all values and standards that God has encoded within the morality of human nature. really want to thank God this morning once again for these words. And I believe once again that we've been able to speak into the spiritual consciousness the emotional consciousness, the societal consciousness, amen, of the days we live in. It's my desire that we will live our life, amen, not trying to kill or deaden our conscience, but we'll continue to respond. David said, once has the Lord spoken, twice have I heard. That's another way to quickly respond to what God is doing. Let's respond, amen, to what the Lord is saying and doing in our life and through our lives to people. If God says, go speak, go do it. If the Holy Spirit says, go talk to that person, go talk to the person. If the Holy Spirit said, give, give. If the Holy Spirit said, no, don't do that, don't do it. We, we, we keep our life, amen, we keep our life alive by obeying the voice of God. And therefore, our conscience, amen, continue to guide and lead us. And the reason for that is so that as the day of darkness covers the earth, we will continue to stand in that position of light and truth. The more gross darkness covers the earth, we should be able to walk in increased light. Increased light. Increased light. That's what we want. So, Father, we thank you. We appreciate you, Lord, for your mind, for your will, for your counsel, for your word. 
Thank you once again for that which your spirit has released and revealed to us. Thank you, Lord, that a nation is being saved this morning, even as we hear this word. Thank you, Lord, that as we embrace this word, our heart says yes to this truth. These are not truths that makes us jump and ex get excited. These are truths that will make us sit down and think deep and meditate and begin to adjust and correct the things that need to be corrected, oh God. Father, I pray this morning. Pray for my sisters and my, br my brothers who have connected, oh God, that this word, oh God, yes, will enhance them to pursue further into your heartbeat, oh God. And for those, oh God, who you all you needed them to just know through this message is a confirmation. I pray that this word indeed will bring confirmation to their heart. May we be a generation of revealers of truth, manifestors of the life and the nature of Christ. May it not be said that in our day that the word of God is cursed. May it not be said that in our time people will not hear because they are not they are not being awakened. Father, we pray that as we, we release this word, that there will be a yes to your will. What says in that day, there will be a famine of the word and we're living in that day. There will be a, there will be a famine. It says not of bread, not of water, but a famine of hearing the word. Your word. Lord, we want to hear your word. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We pray in the name of Jesus that we'll be hearers of the word. And also doers of the word. We say yes to your ways. Yes to your will. On behalf of our nation, South Africa. We say may your kingdom come. May your will be done, O God. As it is done in heaven. Let it be established this morning, O God. Thank you once again that through the game that we saw yesterday and there was one, we pray in the name of Jesus that that will awaken our heart, oh God, to come together and start building. Like we read yesterday, we will take our place as priests. In the days of Nehemiah, you said they took their place and they build wall to wall. We want to build wall to wall. It's time to restore the broken walls and the broken gates of this nation. We pray that your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your true church that you're awakening, oh God. Yes, a church with a voice, a church, oh God, with truth, a church with life, a church with light, a church that will speak, oh God, and things will begin to realign. That's what we pray for, oh God. May it happen, O oh God, in our nation, in our continent, O oh God. We declare, O oh God, that this is the time for the church, O oh God, to be awakened, O oh God. We shy away, we move away, we divorce ourselves from every misrepresentation. We proclaim and we declare, O oh God, that we will speak truth, O oh God. Truth that will change lives. Truth, O oh God, that will bring us to divine alignment, O oh God. But we'll not just live, we'll not just preach truth. Our life will be the very reflection of truth. Our beliefs, conduct, character, attitude, standard, preferences, oh God, will reflect your truth. This is what we ask for, oh God. And so we thank you. We pray for your body, oh God. As people go to different places of worship this morning, we pray, oh God, that you will bring the people to the place where, where, where the truth, where your word is offered, where the bread is offered, where the bread is broken, 
and where the eyes of the people are open to see. We thank you. We bless you, God. May you continue to build your church. May the gate of hell not prevail. We bless you. Thank you, Father, for our great nation. We speak your blessing upon this land. We speak your mercy and truth and grace upon this land, O oh God. We pray for those, yes, in the position of authority. That, Lord, they would go beyond just their own beliefs and ideas and, 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 and partisans, you know, uh, uh, walk, oh God. But they will break that order and come together and find a solution based on the values of your kingdom. In rebuilding this nation. Father we thank you. We honor you. For all that your spirit yes have established. In us and through us this day. In Jesus name. Amen and amen and amen. Well thank you so much everyone. Really want to appreciate you. Sister Tina thank you brother Ricardo. Thank you. Thank you for connecting with me. Thank you Apostle Andre this morning for connecting. Really appreciate it. Thank you Bao for connecting this morning. And every other person that connect this day, I really thank you so much. And those that will be listening on our podcast uh, um, uh, platform, thank you so much, everyone. May the Lord continue to empower us. May he continue to bless us. May he continue to cause his face to shine upon us. May he give us rest. May, he, may his will be established in us and through us. May we continue to uphold the standard of truth everywhere we go. Thank you, ever, everyone. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.